One time I was like, I got my makeup done at Sephora. And like the woman at the counter was like, oh, you make podcasts for a living? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, uh, okay, whatever. Like she wasn't that interested in it. She's like, but I do listen to my Lee Teal's podcast. And I was like, girl, me too. <laughs> All the time, every week. Did you guys bond over it? Yes. It was interesting because she was younger than I was, I'd say, by a fair amount. She also had, like, a daughter, I think. She and I had different, like, different career goals. We had different lifestyles. But um, we both got, like, a lot of the same stuff out of listening to this woman. From Gimlet Media, this is Sampler. I'm Brittany Luce, and today I brought in my producer, Sarah Abdurrahman, Tell her about a secret obsession of mine, one of my absolute favorite podcasts. The show is called Myleek Teal's Podcast. Myleek? Myleek Teal's. Teal's Podcast. Okay. Myleek Teal is this 37-year-old black woman. She's 36 or 37. She's based in Atlanta. She used to be Kim Zolchak's assistant from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh. Yeah. Of wig-pulling fame, right? Of wig-pulling fame, right. Mm -hmm. She owns this business called Curlbox, which is like Birchbox, but for black women with like, well, could be natural hair, could be not. It's like a subscription company. She literally started, like she owns the entire thing 100%. Uh She's very intense, aggressive, driven. And like, I like all of those qualities. And like, I share some of those qualities. So her show is, is an advice show. Like, kind of an advice show. She answers questions and she gives advice. She also, like, makes lists of things that she thinks that you should know around certain topics, like, even if you didn't ask. And she's, like, gone through everything and, like, still come out on top and, like, you know, has her money together and, like, owns her business. And she's always taking all these trips and she's, like, in a healthy relationship. So she knows what she's talking about. Do you know what I mean? She's, like, a life coach that you don't have to pay for. Is she, like, more relatable and accessible than, like, other motivational types? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There actually are a lot of people in the motivational podcast space, like people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Tim Ferriss and, you know, even other entrepreneurs who have entered podcasting, you know, after they've made a success of themselves, like, in business. And I like a lot of them, and I find them to give practical advice but I, I just don't quite relate to them in the same way as I do to my league. She seemed like somebody that I could know. Mm-hmm. And, like, she also, like, being motivational isn't really, like, her job. It's, like, a thing that she just found out that she was really good at. I started this almost as, like, a young a letter to my younger self or to help people who maybe grew up like me, that looked like me, that— Um, they don't have people around them. Maybe you don't have a big sister. Maybe you don't have a big cousin. Maybe you don't have the things that I didn't have. And so I'm sharing with you because I wish that someone would have shared with me. I've known of her for years. I do not use her product. I've listened to every single one of her podcasts. Every single one. Every single one. And like, I'm like, sometimes I am like hesitant to tell people. Why is it your like secret shame? (sighs) I think because like, A lot of the stuff that she talks about, at face value, like, a lot of the topics, they seem corny. It's like getting caught reading a service journalism article. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just sort of like 29 things to give up before you turn 30, Yeah, which I read yesterday. Uh, It's like getting caught in the self-help section of a bookstore. Yeah. You sort of feel like it's like a part of admitting that you need self-help is, Uh like, admitting that, like, you don't have your shit together. 
Hey guys, it is Thursday, November 20th, 2014. I'm going to do a podcast on mistakes that I've made and how I rebounded. I got that um, question. She's sort of like, I've been really fortunate in that like my older sister is like six yeah. years older. And so between her and like a lot of her friends, like I have a lot of women that I can like go to and like have been able to go to since I was like, I mean, 16, 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And like, these are women who help me with like, Losing jobs, losing boyfriends. Oh, my God, when I lost my virginity. She sort of feels like she's, like, another one of, like, you know, my sister's friends who I might have, like, drinks with a couple times a year and sort of just, like, talk about, like, goals and, like, what I'm doing and sort of, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, like, she's part of the village that's helping to raise Brittany Luce. (laughs) She's part of the village that's helping to raise Brittany Luce, yes. Being in your 20s and, I imagine, early 30s. Either, yeah, is kind of like a really confusing time. Next question is a relationship question. Hi, my leak. I'm in a relationship with a great guy that I can see myself being with a long time, but he isn't ambitious and out there like I am. Does that actually matter? Um, my favorite line when I'm doing these podcasts is that the answer is always in the question. If I had to answer based on your question, um, you say he isn't a go getter and he isn't ambitious, and then you ask me, does that matter? It sounds like it matters to you. Um, Someone can be great and not for you because they don't check the boxes that you need to really be with someone for a long time. Um, I personally can't be with someone that isn't ambitious um, and somewhat of a go-getter. I tried. It drove me nuts. This person is still a great guy to this day. He is just not the great guy for me. So I guess if I had to kick the question back to you, you, I say, does that matter to you? And it sounds like it does. They talk about cheat codes all the time in video yeah. games. Like I feel like it's I feel like her podcast is giving me the cheat codes of how to be like <laughs> uh like a successful young black woman. Part of what makes her relatable is the fact that like she once was a pleb just like me, who like had terrible relationships and like acted out to people that she shouldn't have acted out toward, one of my favorite hobbies, and, like, didn't really know what she was going to do and, like, had to, like, pick up and start over and moved around to different cities. And she didn't do that great with customer service. She used to have anger issues. She had relationship issues. I mean, she really, she goes there. I've talked about this several times on my podcast. I got a DUI maybe, I think it's three years ago now, and that was definitely one of the biggest mistakes I have ever made. And I'm going to say this to you because I was you. I felt like I could go to work events and I could have a couple drinks. I could have a couple glasses of wine before I got in a car. And it is not worth it to drink and drive. It is absolutely not worth it. Um, Not just for you are the last person that matters. It's about others, you know? And then when it comes to yourself, it is $10,000. You were at the mercy. You know, I told you before, the judge made me go back to jail twice, two mugshots. Like, it's just, it's difficult. If I didn't work for myself and I was looking for a job, it would be so hard. And so I'm just telling you this, if you're going to these work events, if you're going to dinner parties, if you're doing these things, you're brunching, you know, the all day bottomless champagne brunches, There was no Uber back then, and getting a cab in the sticks was crazy difficult, but it is not difficult now. It is not difficult. She's really open. Like, she doesn't gloss over things, Mm. and I think that she finds a way to be really honest about herself in a way that's, like, respectful and admirable. She talks, like, regular. She talks like you're one of her friends. Like, sometimes people write in with, like, this one girl wrote in recently, and she was just like... I know that I have... 
a very random and offbeaten path question for you, but I wanted to at least reach out and hope for your advice. You got it, girl. I'm 28 years old and I used to work for a major magazine and had a column there. I read through the terms of my contract and work for hire paperwork and understood that they didn't own any of my work or creations, including my column. They sued me for the name of the column. I was fortunate to obtain a lawyer and eventually litigator. After a year, they eventually gave up and I won my trademark for what is now my site. But now I am $30,000 in legal fee debt. I wanted to ask what you do in my position to begin paying off or adding extra income to pay these legal fees. I've been thinking of sponsored posts, but I'm very particular about them because I want to always create amazing content for my site. Is there any advice that you can offer me or any creative ways you'd work to bring an income if this happened to you? I'm truly open to anything that will keep the integrity of the blog. All right. So... I got this question and I said, when I answer this question, she is not going to be happy with me. So I'm just going to say that now. So if you're listening, imagine we are good girlfriends and I am that good girlfriend that you come to when you want that um, opposing view. Now, you need to pay this off. <laughs> so you either do sponsor posts or you babysit. You either do sponsor posts or you walk dogs. You either do sponsor posts or you bartend after work, but you need to pay this off. This whole, I feel like the integrity of this blog or all this kind of thing, the way that you have, the way that you have thought this up, I don't know a single person who's blogging that is succeeding that isn't doing sponsored content. I know how people get caught up in this, like this ideal of what they think they have going on and what's actually going on. And it's like, you have to do what you have to do. So I think you need to put together a realistic plan to pay this off. Maybe it's no vacations. Maybe it's no lattes. It's definitely going to be a lot of sacrifice, but you want to pay this back so you can move on. And if you have the traffic and you have the access to, you know, these brands or different people who can help you knock this out, then you need to knock it out. So you are going to have to do it and you're going to have to get creative with it and be amazing with it. And good luck. So she uses like a tough love approach. Definitely a tough love approach. Sometimes I go listening and I'm like, I get my life together. <laughs> but that is, I mean, that's really what it is. She gives you a good dose of like common sense, a good reminder that like you can kick your own ass to move forward in life and you can also kick the ass of anybody who gets in your way. And also just like, she just makes you feel like, okay, like I can do this. Like it's time. I'm not going to sit around and wait any longer. I'm not going to waffle on this any longer. Like I'm just going to make decisive actions. So you clearly have a lot of admiration for this woman, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. A little. Are you going to talk to her? Sarah, I am proud to tell you that, yes, I'm going to get to speak to my favorite guru. Coming up after the break, my interview with Mylik Teal. Welcome back to Sampler. So in the first half of the show, I introduced you and my producer, Sarah, to one of my most favorite podcasts, My League Teal's podcast. And even though I host a show literally about podcasts, I actually never dreamed that I would get the chance to talk to My League. But guess what? 
I did. And needless to say, I was quite excited to speak to her. I've been podcasting since 2011, and so my podcast is not as fly as everybody else's. So it's really not a podcast. It's like a long talk with your girlfriend that never lets you get a word. And <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean when you say not as fly as everybody else's? Well, you know, I was doing it on my laptop with no microphone, just kind yeah. of like recording myself. I never had listened to another podcast when I started podcasting. Really? And for years, yeah, I only started listening to podcasts last year. The only reason why I started podcasting was because I used to tweet out all this like hustler info and girls would be like, we need more than 140 characters and I didn't want to blog. So they were like, well, you should podcast. And I'm like, what's a podcast? And I used to get like 20 listeners a month, you know, and now (laughs) I get like create thousands and thousands of downloads a day. The whole point of Sampler, this show, is that we listen to, uh, like, pretty much everything that's out there. Um, I already was listening to your show before I even started working here. Like, real oh, talk. Wow. Yeah, I used to work in uh, B2B marketing. Like, I had a really dry corporate job. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, your podcast was one of the ones I listened to at my desk. And your delivery um, is very no-nonsense. <laughs> and it made me feel like, okay, this is not really what I want to be doing. What do I need to do to get my life yeah. together? Awesome. So I've been listening to you for a long time. But something that I find over and over again in the podcast that we listen to for Sampler, like these are a lot of times either people who are radio professionals or people that would be radio professionals. Um, right. And it's something that they're like audio is something they're really passionate about. You are really busy and you own like a really successful business. Like why actually start this and keep it going? I felt like as a young black woman that I graduated college and was so lost and was just like, why is there nobody to help me navigate this? And so I read zillions of books. I tried to read every article. The internet was not as popping as it is right now. (laughs) And I was like, if I ever figure this out, I promise, almost like a promise to God, like I promise to tell people how I did it. And then I'll like walk around and I see people doing things that I realize that they they don't know they shouldn't be doing it or it's hindering them or so I just am like, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast about that. What are some examples of something that you witnessed and you were like, oh, yep, God. this needs to go on the show? Entitled 20-year-olds, you know, like <laughs> I'll be like, hey, girl, you've been working for nine seconds, you know? Yeah. Like I, 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 I quote unquote intern with one of my entrepreneur friends a couple weekends ago and I just wanted to see her and I knew she needed help. So I was like, you know, I'll come work for you. So I set up her stuff on Square and like her credit card, everything. And mm-hmm. so I was like, look what I did. Like I saved the day. And she was like, so what do you want? Like I was like a promotion. And I was like, better yet, I should own the company now. <laughs> that, and I feel like that's how young people think. Like it doesn't work that way. Or I'll see somebody will email me and get an attitude because I didn't respond to their last five. And it's like, you don't do that, you know? So I think yeah. it's moments like that where I'm like, let me do a podcast. Because if she's doing this, then so are thousands of other people. I have this uh, I have this theory that, like, your show kind of fills a space that guys like Tim Ferriss or Robert Greene or even, like, mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk, it sort of fills a space that they can't always reach, which I think is, like, millennial women, specifically for you, black millennial women. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not to say that, like, you know, that we don't necessarily consume— their work, right? Right. But there's like an accessibility that I definitely feel with you um, that I don't necessarily feel from those guys. Like, you know, I don't think I'm the only person who feels that way. 
Yeah, I will tell you that um, I am I am and have been obsessed with Robert Greene for over a decade. Robert Greene is my favorite. Oh, I should I should flag for listener. Uh, Robert Greene wrote the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Forty Eight Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction, The Master of War, like all these crazy books he wrote, and he wrote this book, The Fiftieth Law of Fifty Cent. And I follow him on Twitter, and he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel like Robert Greene truly shaped. A lot of the way that I work, you know, at 21 years old, I got this internship in New York and I didn't have a clue about how to like navigate the space. Mm -hmm. Um, And 21 Laws of Power definitely helped me. Um, I recently was introduced to Gary Vee because everybody's obsessed with Mr. Gary Vee. And I (laughs) heard him on a podcast and he was just like, no one can outwork me. I was like, yes, I can actually, you know, And, and I say that because I was like, as women of color, we have to do 700 more things just to get in the same room as you. So I'm not knocking your hustle and I respect it and I do follow him and he works his butt off, but it's just like, like try, let's throw a backpack on you and a, and a sleeping bag and an anchor and, you know, and then tell me about how hard you hustle because I know that it feels like that for us when we are being judged, when we are being judged by how our name looks on paper, we are being judged the minute that we walk in the room, you know, there's a lot that goes with that. So I like to be able to sort of say, I understand where you're coming from, but that's still not a reason to quit or not try. So another thing I, I like about your show is that you have a, um, you sound like yourself. So like who you, the way you sound on the show, and I think, I mean, also, I mean, you've started using a microphone in the past. Recently. Yeah, recently, yeah. In the past few months. My college roommate's like, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, the, the podcast is a lot of times you being like, I'm sitting in my house before yes. I go to the gym. I have my water or I have my coffee or I have my wine. I'm going to go yes. to therapy. Um, and and I th- so I think that definitely sounding, you sounding like yourself has to do with the fact that you're sitting in front of your computer in your house, yes. you know, yeah. drinking one of your favorite beverages. But also like um, you just, you don't, you don't sound like you're putting on any type of airs. No. Uh, I'm curious about like, how did you find your voice in podcasting? Like, did you ever feel like you needed to sound like a certain way? No, I just do me. I listen to other podcasts and I'm like, this is great. You know, they've mm-hmm. got the music. I listen to Dear Sugar. I love Cheryl Strayed. Like, I, <laughs> I was a serial fanatic. I do listen to Tim Ferriss. I listen to Malcolm Gladwell. And they have the music and all this. And I'm like, damn, this is good. <laughs> um, but then I just kind of feel like i just been doing it this way. And... The very first time I took on a like a sponsor, I remember like I recorded the intro to my podcast like eight times. Mm-hmm. And then I just checked myself and I was like, stop. Like they knew what this podcast sounded like <laughs> when they called you. <laughs> they know you don't do fancy stuff. Stop trying to be fancy and just do you. How many downloads do you get per episode? I usually get about 70,000 or more a week, like 70,000 downloads a week. That's Really? I mean, this is like, this is just something that you decided to start doing just to start doing it. I used to get 20 a month. <laughs> 20, period. Like, two zero. <laughs> two zero. Two zero downloads. Why do you think it took off? Like, why do you think it's grown like this? Like, why do you why do you think it appeals to people so much? Um, I think so many people, and that's the thing is that I don't just have black women listeners. I have guys that tell me they listen, and I have my Caucasian sisters, and an an Asian girl wrote me like, I know, you know, uh, you may not think that I listen, but I do. And so I just think that, like, 
everything that I kind of have talked about, uh, a lot of young people have gone through. Like, mm-hmm. I think that, that the 20s are so tough. Um, the 20s, because college, like, pumps you up and makes you think that you are amazing and you're going to take over the world and you got this you got this degree and you matter. And it's like, you don't. <laughs> um, you don't matter. Uh, you have to keep learning and you have to try hard and you can't take things personal. And I just think that we've all gone through that or we had these fake timelines for our life. I'm supposed to be married by now. I'm supposed to be married at 26, and here I am, 37, you know? And it's just like, I just try to expose people to the reality of being 20-something and 30-something. You open up a lot about, like, personal struggles, about, like, you know, the way that you grew up, your parents' relationship, you know, your family, you know, like, you know, legal troubles that you've had when you were, like, in your 20s. And you don't shy away from... Talking, you don't shy away from talking about your parents' relationship or, you know, like your DUI. Like, you don't, that's not something that you keep hidden. No. It's one thing to not shy away from the fact that something in your life has been a certain way. But you actually bring those things into— Yeah. Into the the podcast with you. Like, why share so much about yourself as a person? I've always been like an open book. Like even when I was like younger, my mom and I'd be out to dinner and the the waitress would come over and be like, so how are you today? And I'd be like, I just broke up. I'm not well. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's like, shut up. (laughs) I, you know, I grew up with my mom. I remember being like, she was very private. I didn't really get it. I just would look at that and be like, I, I feel like the secret sort of own you and control you, you know? Mm-hmm. And the minute that people think they know something about you and, like, they can hang it over your head or whatever, and I'm just like, I told you first. Like, mm. I already said it. It's not even a thing, you know? And so I just think that, like, they a lot of people's poison is, like, the, the things holding them back are their secrets. And everybody's been through something, every single person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, like, I don't mind sharing because I'm like, there's a couple things I'm trying to let you know. You can fail and still succeed. You know, Mm -hmm. you can do something really bad and learn from it and never do it again. And I think a lot of times, even some of the dumb stuff I've done was just sheer ignorance. I didn't know and no one talked to me about it. You know, Mm -hmm. like I remember after the DUI, I went to, um, took the classes or whatever. And I remember just being like blown away by like the kind of stuff that people, we don't realize what drinking responsibly means. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Something that they teach you in the class is like a lot of, the reason why you see a lot of successful people doing this is because the way their egos are wired, self-included. You know, we Mm -hmm. think like, I've never tried anything and not succeeded. So like, I know what I'm doing. And it's just, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) What's your proudest moment from the podcast? Proudest moment from the podcast. Oh, gosh. I think realizing I had done 100 episodes. Mm. Like, I never kept up the count. And then one day I went to go upload one and it was like episode 97. I was like, what? (laughs) It just was something that was like, reminded me that like, when you are consistent 
with no expectation of a reward, but bringing your full self, being excellent and just doing this, this is what happens. Like, Mm -hmm. this is how life works is like you show up. That was a really like, dang, I did 100 episodes. How many minutes is that? What the heck was I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. My dad is talking to me like a grown-up since I was born. I think of conversations of being six years old and my dad telling me haste makes waste and for years being like, what does that mean? (laughs) My dad used to clap his hands if my room was kind of messy when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. He used to be like, you've got to get yourself together. And I was like eight. (laughs) Like I think about like only now is it reasonable for me to actually think about getting myself together. At 28, now I can be like, okay, I should get myself together. But like in the third grade... We kind of made my dream come true today <laughs> by having me talk to Miley, and she was an absolute treat. And all the clips that you heard on today's show were from Miley's show, Miley Teal's podcast, sometimes referred to as My Taught You. This episode was produced by Sarah Abdurrahman, Kate Parkinson Morgan, and myself. It was edited by Annie Rose Strasser and Peter Clowney. Sampler's theme music was made by Mike Avellian, and our ad music was made by Mark Phillips. The show is mixed by Haley Shaw and Zach Schmidt. Sampler is a production of Gimlet Media. <laughs>